You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on an August 4th. At approximately 8 p.m., which means that we're probably counting down to the window closing. I think we got about two more hours, one more hour, somewhere in there. It doesn't, I don't think it's going to matter, but we're going to talk a whole bunch about this. Big signing, uh, Ricky Pouge is now a member of the LA Galaxy. Ryan Revelison is no longer a member of the LA Galaxy. Sebastian Legette was a member of the Galaxy, then went to New England, and now is with Dallas. We're going to talk about that as well, and there's some other rumors that are sort of just hanging around right on the edge of everything that possibly could get done before the window closes? I don't know. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get you there. Also, the LA Galaxy beat Chivas in the first soccer game ever played at SoFi Stadium. Dayan Jovalich once again scoring. Johnny Perez, the youngsters on parade there as well. We got a bunch to talk out, talk about, a bunch to get to to help me do that. So excited. And she was at the game last night because I was not, which is even better. Please welcome back to the show, Miss Sophie the Cannon Nicolau. Sophie, how are you doing? I'm epic, Mr. Guessman. How are you doing? I am. I am barely surviving at this point. Uh, today, today, anytime it's transfer window day, it's a it's a pretty busy day. I mean, you you know how that is. You're English. You get you get it. It's still going, mate. It's <laughs> it's it's not going to end until September first. And quite frankly, I wish this transfer window would end before the season starts. I'm so over transfers. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I was going to say on, on the English side of things, it always sort of seems to drag out maybe like maybe three weeks too far or two weeks too far. You sort of like shouldn't the transfer window stop right before the everything goes? I mean, even in Major League Soccer, we we have the same deal, right? Which is it extends through the first like two, three months of the season um, really until it closes. And then it's only closed for a little bit. And then all of a sudden the summer transfer window is open. And that's sort of where we're at right now. It's it's crazy um, to sort of sit there. And at the beginning of this transfer window, Sophie, we were very much, I, at least I was, I was very much convinced that the LA Galaxy weren't going to be able to make a lot of moves. I was I was thinking pretty limited in scope. What do they really have to do? How much maneuvering do they have? Not a lot of cap space, a whole bunch of things. Just based on the two players that they got and moved one player. I, I'm actually fairly impressed. I have no problem. By the way, people were like, on the discord today, Sophie, we're sort of like, well, you know, this is, everybody's going to give, you know, Chris Klein and Jovan Karofsky in the front office. They're going to get credit for this. I'm like, well, yeah, that's how it works. You make bad moves. You make good moves. You get credit for the good moves. You get crap for the bad moves. Unfortunately for them, it's been more crap than credit. So I'm not necessarily concerned, but if, if, if what they were able to do in this window is a sign of uh, of things to come, which I'm not necessarily of the belief that there should be signs of things to come uh, for this particular group of people, uh, then then it's not horrible the 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 deals that they have put together here in this in this last couple of days. Yeah, it's like when someone slights you, you know, or a family member or friend upsets you, 
and you kind of want to forgive them, but deep down you're still really angry or upset. And it's very hard to get to that spot. I think that's where Klein definitely is. I saw him yesterday. He looked very chuffed with himself, by the way, as he was walking to his exclusive car parking space in the oh, depths and basement of SoFi Stadium. So fun. I mean, I listen, I was disappointed I didn't go. Um, I went to Disneyland the day before, and so then trying to get to the stadium, I was like, it's not going to happen. I would have had to leave so early from work again, and I missed the day before. And I was like exhausted with some heat stroke and, you know, all the fun stuff that sort of happens with uh, with Disneyland and that type of thing. But I saw everybody there and you were sending me pictures and I was like, oh, man, I got I got I got FOMO, major FOMO. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't go. And so I know, at first at first I was trying to make you not feel bad because when I got there, I was like, this place is empty. Yeah. And of course, it's Los Angeles. And who can get to a, a, a football match at 530? Right. Mm-hmm. And traffic. And of course, getting to SoFi is not the easiest spot to get to, although I will say I was absolutely shocked yesterday because I arrived seamlessly, didn't have to wait too long to get into the car park, um, didn't, you know, an easy walk uh, from the car park to the media section. But yeah, uh, and then I and then it started filling up, and I'm like, I'm going to stop sending pictures to Josh now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw by the by, by sort of the the second half, whenever the second half began for the for the Galaxy Chivas game, it was it was getting pretty uh, pretty yeah. <laughs> pretty big there. It it was fun to watch. Um, Let's start with that game a little bit. Uh, this was an exhibition game, and so often um, I'm very much of the opinion that exhibition games are sort of a waste of time, especially in the middle of the season, and I usually wholeheartedly believe that. I can still acknowledge that there are positives when you can pull positives out of it, and talking to players over the years, especially whenever you go back to the championship-winning um, LA Galaxy teams, they talk about the friendlies they played against teams like Real Madrid or Barcelona or, you know, Manchester United or or Spurs even, I think, was in town. Um, they talk about those and say, yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Um, they talk about those things and they have an admiration for them and they have a respect for them that sort of goes beyond just the overall fan or outsider view of that this is a money grab. They're like, no, that was important because, you know, that showed us that we were able to compete with these people or that we could play with these people. And that gave us a confidence going into the next games and stuff like that. And even in some of those games, like I think the Manchester United game, they end up losing like seven to one or seven to nothing or something like that. Um, even in those games, there was positives to take out of it. And players tend to take a lot more out of that than I think media or fans do about it. So um, winning against Chivas 2 nothing, getting a shutout, Dayan Jovalich scoring a goal, Johnny Perez getting a goal I talked about in the intro, youth being served by the LA Galaxy in the second half. Um, it was kind of special, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You know, I just want to go back to a comment you just made because it's really important. When Phil Neville said when into Miami we're playing Barcelona, this is one of the biggest games ever for this club. I understood what he meant by that. Of course, they're going to play much bigger games if they one day, maybe in years to come, get to MLS Cup. But it, it is a big deal to be part of history. Now LA Galaxy are part of history. There's going to be a trivial pursuit question one day where it says, who was the first guy to ever score a soccer goal you know, at SoFi Stadium. I've been to an NFL game there, Josh. It is insane. And yeah. the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I don't care about East Coast, West Coast hours. That has to be the spot for the World Cup final in 2026. Yeah. And for the LA Galaxy players to have that experience, I have to say it felt like it was more important to LA Galaxy than LAFC. Right. And I asked um, Greg in the presser about distraction versus you know, maybe this being a good exercise or is it interfering with MLS considering the team struggling? 
And he and Chicharito both answered my question and they both gave the exact same answer. I think, Josh, this was a really good exercise for the team. Winning this game, even though it was a friendly and insignificant, they knew they went back to knowing how to win again. And if they had lost the game, there would have been a different narrative. I think people would have come at the side, right? But right. It, for them, it was they, they enjoyed the experience. And he said, look, yes, a friendly and it could be meaningless, but winning is winning. We won a football match. And what that's going to do is infuse the team with a little bit of confidence again as we go into, you know, I was saying to him the final act of, of the season. It's, it is. This is it now. This yeah. is after MLS um, All-Star game. It's, you know, stuff gets real, really real. But it seemed like they got something out of it. So you're 100% correct in what you said. And the fans there, of course, the majority of fans there were supporting the Mexican teams. There was a lot of support for LA Galaxy too. LAFC, the LA Galaxy fans really enjoyed that penalty shootout. It was hilarious watching them because they were sitting right right below us. So I, I kept my eye on them during the shootout and stuff. But the second half was a blast yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was. And and even from watching at home, the first half was, was hit and miss. And quite honestly, Chivas probably should have scored one or two goals in that first half. The Galaxy maybe should have should have scored, you know, to start with Chief, uh, with Chicharito jumping on a back pass within the first like 10 seconds of the game. Sort of a frantic start there. Uh, the field was extremely narrow. I think it's only 69 yards wide, if I remember. So it's inside yes. of 70 yards wide, which is not a yes, good thing. They're going to have to work on that. Yeah. And, and we talked about that sort of as the World Cup. They said that they would renovate the stadium basically for the World Cup in order to host it. And they're going to need to because... Uh, there's two things. It reminds me a lot of Atlanta's field in that, yes, you can fit a soccer field mm. on it, but that the sight lines are still impacted from the camera positions in order to get the near sideline from the from the TV perspective. The near sideline is, is covered. Um, you can sort of see the tops of the players like their top half whenever they go for a throw in, but you can't necessarily always see the line and they disappear yeah. real quick and that type of thing. And that's Atlanta United is like, we built this for soccer. It's like, did you? Because I can't see some of the field from the broadcast. So how good of a job did you build it for soccer? <laughs> you know, it's like these little things that you're like, oh, well, we did that on purpose. It's like, well, then you suck on purpose. Right. And it's the same thing with sort of with SoFi. It's like if you, you guys knew that soccer was going to be an option yeah. and you didn't make it wide enough to put a full field and i get that stadiums need to be more intimate now right because i mean it's gone out of the days i guess unless you're is it uh is it west ham who plays at the olympic stadium um yes right and they're like and the, 700 feet from from the field and so you're separate the opposite of their old stadium upton park yeah right and so um so like and really the galaxy suffer from this right that the field is actually pretty far away or the stands are pretty far away from where the field is and back mm. when when dignity health sports park stub up center uh, home depot center was built that's that was the style more it was oh make it wider and you know give a lot of room for things and it's sort of like well, no, that's not the case anymore. It's actually you want it right on top of the field, right? And it gives that that intimate and the crowds right on top of you. SoFi doesn't SoFi has that for football because it, it's a football stadium. And like, it, you exactly. know, and just like they have in Atlanta, they have that for football because it's a football stadium. But when you try to fit a soccer field in there, it gets a little scrunched. And so, um, you know, the when you think they spent five billion on it, they could have just spent that little bit extra. I said seven billion on my video yesterday, but it's about it's I think when I, you know, I was corrected, it's five to six billion. But In, inflation, inflation. It was, yeah, I'm sure exactly. I'm sure it's expensive. Cheers, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, seeing that, having said that, it looks great. Kevin was funny. I was just talking to him before I came on the show here because we were talking about different rumors that are going around. Um, 
And uh, he goes, he goes, you know, I was sitting in the press box and the big infinity screen that they have wrapping around is like pretty much eye level with you at the press box. He goes, I ended up watching the game on TV more than I watched the field. He goes, I'm staring at those screens the whole time. And I always thought that was funny because I've done that where even at, at, at Dignity Health Sports Park, you all of a sudden I'll find myself staring at the far screen. I'm like, no, there's soccer going on like right in front of you. You need to pay attention. But um, it seems like everybody had a good time. It seems like the atmosphere was really cool. Um, yeah. and the only no thing trouble, I, I mean, I saw some, I saw, oh, some, was there, I didn't there, see any, there's some beer showers and some different things that were happening, oh, okay. you know, those types of things, no, whatever it was. I, I think it, for the most part, it was mostly done in fun and jest. So, uh, that was pretty good. Uh, the field was, you know, pretty atrocious just in terms of the fact that it was just laid down sod. They really had just rolled it. That's all temporary, but that's what it's going to be like. Um, except they're going to lay it sooner and they're going to let it sort of, I don't even know how they let it grow. Did they lay it on the fake stuff or did they not take remove the fake stuff? So I think the fake stuff was either, it, either the fake stuff is there and then there's a plywood layer over top and then the grass mm -hmm. gets put on or they take the fake stuff, fake grass off and then they put the plywood down and then they put the grass on. I didn't see the exact underlayment of how it works. Um, but if you notice right. that at halftime they had a little truck going around with a little spraying nozzle that yes. had to like water the field because there's no sprinklers because it's, why would there be sprinklers? It's not a grass field, right? So it's like little things like that that you sort of have to think about. Um, but everybody I've been talking to says that they can't wait to watch a World Cup game there. Like that, oh, that's no, going to be unbelievable. I, that's all I could think of when I was, I mean, obviously I was watching the game, taking note and stuff, but that's all I could think of. I, I was thinking it would be the greatest World Cup final ever if, if they can get the pitch right and stuff like that. that. I mean, like I said, I've seen an NFL game there, but watching football there was incredible that is a ridiculous stadium i mean it is unbelievable architecturally and i i love the end of the match you know you know when we were done at the end and it's just so quiet after an insane game whether it's you know we've yep. done that with mls cup finals and big playoff games josh you know just i just sat there for a bit and just watched and i was like this is insane it was empty there was no one in there it really is a, a great i think it's a great thing for la yeah. I think it's cool that LA Galaxy got to play there. Yeah. And I think Greg enjoyed it as well, you know, um, yeah. enjoyed kind of the spectacle of it all too. Well, I thought it was positive all the way around. Well, Greg was ecstatic for a couple of reasons. One is um, I think he nailed the rotation of players perfectly. Did. Right. You knew that there was a game coming up against Sporting Kansas City this weekend. You knew that you didn't want to. And all of a sudden at 35 minutes, you know, I think Brugman comes off and I'm like, oh, my God, did he get hurt? Oh, man, this is good. And I I'm know, like, oh, right? no. oh, no, oh, no, he's just making subs. OK, yeah, that's right. And that's what he should have done. And then he rotates a lot of players at halftime. Right. And so you get sort of this first team look that goes out there and it plays against Chivas in a quote unquote first team. I mean, they're in trouble. Chivas somebody could get fired because they lost a friendly to the LA galaxy. I'm just, yes. When, when you look at all of the stuff that happened, which is ridiculous, by the way, they get fired because they suck it otherwise. Um, but, uh, you see that they we're the weakest team that on yeah, the night. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, you could see it. And, and it's funny because I thought the galaxy did okay in the first half. I liked it. I sort of liked the, the looks that they were doing and Greg went with the two forward look and, I'm starting. I'm starting to come around to sort of throwing my hands up and saying you might as well just start Chicharito and Dayon together because you're never going to start Dayon by yourself, right? Like for mm -hmm. me, I'm like put Chicharito on the bench and let him come off in the last 30 minutes and let Dayon start, and that's my preferred way to do this because I like the way that the Galaxy set up without the two forward set, and I like the defensive and the midfield of the composure and stuff like that. But being he's not going to do that, I'm just like okay, go ahead and just start start them both together. Then I don't care. It's whatever you want to do. Just 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 do it. Just 
hurry up and get it over with. But I did like how it worked. I like Dayon's goal and assist from uh, Efrain Alvarez on the corner. I thought that was great. But nothing compares to that second half of watching young kids and, and the young kids really to focus on uh, Preston Judd. Preston Judd has been playing Galaxy 2. He's a goal scoring machine. He has been a goal scoring machine. He's just consistent. He's physical without being a large guy, um, mm-hmm. able to hold up balls, able to pass, able to make runs. The The goal that Johnny Perez and Johnny Perez is another one who um, I talked to Greg Vanny about Johnny Perez, Marcus Fercranis, Jalen Neal, because they were all away with the U-20s for the CONCACAF championship. When was that conversation? Uh, that was like a month ago. Right. A month ago. And he was and this was right as the U.S. was getting ready to play in the final. They hadn't played the final yet. I talked Mm -hmm. to Greg about him and he was so hyped on Jalen Neal and Marcus Fercranis. And remember, they just sent Marcus Fercranis. And we talked about it on the last podcast. They sent Marcus Fercranis on loan to Phoenix. Um, And the reason they I think the reason they did that is because they really do want him to get playing time, because right now at Galaxy 2, they have somebody else who they're also trying to get playing time. Right. And so Mm -hmm. they're sort of doing it. But. When you see Jalen Neal out there at defense, he was talking about Jalen and how excited he is as a defender. And you know Greg's a defender, right? So like, you you can feel that extra love that goes in whenever he's excited about somebody else. Um, talking about Jalen Neal and just what he does well and how he's always calm on the ball. And I think you saw that last night. Mm-hmm. Jalen Neal as a center back is just like he's flame over Nick. He's like smooth. He's so smooth. I know. And and I mean, I think that. Greg was talking about wanting to get him into some senior into some senior moments, right? And he was like, we need to get him in. He goes, but I want to make sure it's the right moment because I don't want to stunt his growth at all, right? Like it was like, right. I want to make sure it's in a good positive moment for him to come in and really give us something because I think he can do it and I want him to have that confidence. Um, so Jalen Neal. Did you play any of them in the Open Cup? No, Did, not much. A, a little bit. I think Jalen Neal got like four minutes at the end of an mm-hmm. Open Cup game. Um, Johnny Perez maybe have played a little bit in the Open Cup. Johnny Perez was outstanding in this game, too. He's so much fun to watch. Josh? Yeah. You should have heard Chicharito talking about him yep. at the end. Of, and he's, he, he's like, he was waxing lyrical about him. He thinks the sky's the limit for that young man. And he couldn't speak highly enough of him. And, you know, he had that kind of senior beaming player face yeah. when he was doing it. Yeah. And, you know, they came on and they had, they entertained, but they did their job. It was really kind of, I equated it to like when I watch Arsenal play, sometimes we've got really young players who can be naive on the pitch, but are mature. Like they've got a really good shoulder on their heads. And that is exactly what my observation was yesterday. I'm like, look at these guys. They're coming out here. There's 71,000 people, you know, in, in the stands. Maybe there weren't that many in the second half, but it was getting close to that. And they had so much composure. Yeah. Uh, and the way they played was just really so impressive. I, I I loved watching them. It was fun. And I can't remember the last time it was fun yeah. to watch Galaxy play. Now, of course, it might be different in MLS when they face, you know, superior opposition. Right. But talk about have a couple of players who hopefully can be uh, molded into the first team at some point because they are very talented. Yeah, I, I really liked Preston Judd. Um, I really liked Johnny Perez playing that game. Uh, Adam Saldana is coming back from an ankle injury. That was he, he. I guess he played sixty minutes in the Galaxy Two game before, and now this is the most. So he played, uh, you know, another you know thirty minutes or whatever it was, um, uh, or forty five minutes in the second half for the Galaxy. There, um, really liked him in there, and just his tenacity. He's a fun player to watch, even though he's undersized. I'll tell you, the Galaxy are getting 
tiny in my opinion, right? And you you know, we're going to talk it's about too tiny. Uh, almost too tiny, right? And but when you have players who play bigger than they are, it's okay. Like I'm okay with that, right? As long as you Great have players who, who play bigger than they are, I'm fine. Brookman plays bigger than he is already. We've seen him for two games. I'm telling you, he's a little tiny dude. I looked at him face to face. I kind of mm-hmm. looked down at him a little bit. He's shorter than me. If you're shorter than me, I consider you a small dude. So you're, you're he's a small dude. He plays bigger than he is. Uh, Delgado plays bigger than he is a lot. He's very physical and he goes into things. Um, he's he's got a stock on him though, Delgado does. a little he bit. He does. He does. You know, I think he lifts yeah. the weights. I think he he gets after it a little. Um, so Delgado is is uh, is doing that. Um, you know, we're gonna see about some of these other players and just how they play. Like Efrain Alvarez plays smaller than he is, um, which is he actually has some some body weight to throw around, um, and he doesn't. Uh, Kevin Cabral, it plays light. I should have a bell every time you say something negative about. <laughs> don't I don't I we was, need a bell. <laughs> I was mean last night on Twitter, and like I don't like being mean, but it was also like I'm I'm there. By the way, uh, five dollars super chat from Tim at the beginning of the show. I forgot about that, so thank you, Tim. Appreciate that. Uh, keep those sh- super chats going for sure. Uh, but I was mean because there was reports, and let's let's start going in that direction. Galaxy played really well. Youth was served. They did a great job. That's what you need to take away from that Chivas game. Everything was positive. No injuries. People got playing time. Greg rotated correctly. Nobody got overexerted in any such way. Dayon kept scoring. All good. Positive things. Can't can't take it. But there was a report during the broadcast that basically, um, and I guess TUDN was saying that uh, Efrain Alvarez was looking at, at what wanted to get out of the LA Galaxy. He wasn't happy at LA Galaxy. He wanted to go. And Chivas is... As far as I can tell, the only team that wants him. So they apparently offered earlier. Yeah, I know that was Yeah, there's you could ring the bell. Um, they they were they were they were going after him. Apparently they wanted him. And at first, so far, the Galaxy have said no, that they're not going to trade him. Not for that. Like maybe, hey, loan him to us. And they're like, no, if you want him, you're going to have to pay whatever it is. And then we'll sell him to you. But the whole deal. However, that's going. Um, so. There was this. I said, and so my mean tweet, and this is mean. I agree, and I apologize for this. Of course, I also apologize while repeating it on my podcast. <laughs> Would it is, make Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and it was it was well, great. He can hop on the bus with them and just ride to the airport. And you know what? The galaxy can pack up his stuff in a box and send it later. Just make that deal right now. Make it happen and let it go. Um, and so uh, that was very the mean. witty. I think it's wit, but it's mean. It's mean spirited. Uh, I think that the clock has run out on Efrain Alvarez because every year we're like, this is his year. And I'm tired of saying that. So, no, this isn't his year. Uh, it hasn't been his year. Uh, I thought he played okay in the game. Nothing magical. Nothing special. But I think... Ev- assist. I think every... Yeah, but from a corner. Uh, I can assist from a corner. Quite honestly, I really can. Like, that's not... I, Does it count? It, <laughs> it counts. <laughs> it counts, absolutely. But, I, I mean, if there's one thing I can do, it's hit a ball while it's holding still and then not have to run. I can do that. Um, so, uh, but, you know, the, the whole deal, I think everybody, it was funny because our Discord was like, man, I hope FRA Alvarez has his best game ever. There are two Mexican teams in place ready to, just watching him as he's playing. They're like, this is his chance. Hope he has the best game ever. Um, You're I think all putting him on the shelf, huh? Every, I mean, so there is... To even further this a little more, there is a rumor out there right now. And is it this one? Yeah, it's this one. Um, there is a rumor out there and it is still going as the transfer window is still open. I am relatively certain the LA Galaxy are done with transfers for this window. I think everything's done. 
I say that knowing that when we stop this show, there's a great possibility that something else happens, but I think they're done. I think they got the stuff they're supposed to do, but there is a rumor out there right now that, uh, uh Argentina side, uh, Cologne, um, AC Cologne from Argentina, uh, first division team in, in Argentina. It's, it's Facundo Farias is, uh, is the player's name. He's a 19 year old, uh, number 10 has scored four goals, assisted once in 20 matches in Argentina in their first division. Um, and there was rumor that, and people were like, well, how does that work? Like, apparently the Galaxy offered something like $7 million. And of course, in, in normal parlance, Sophie, you and I would sit there and say that $7 million means he's going to be a designated player, right? I mean, we know this. And the Galaxy don't have any designated player spots. Except that if the LA Galaxy could sign him to a U22 spot, they get unlimited transfer fees. So as long as his salary was underneath the $612,000, which is the max budget charts, you could pay $30 million for him and still it wouldn't hit. So you could technically get him under a U22 signing. The only way that works, though, is if you have a U22 spot. And so if you sold somebody, let's say Efrain Alvarez, if you sold him, who's a U22 player, you could sell him, Julian Araujo, or Dejan Jovalich. So everybody wants to sell Efrain Alvarez. I know. Um, so if you sold Efrain Alvarez, uh, you could then pay $7 million and get a U22 player, a 19 year old who is highly touted, um, in Argentina as a backup to your, to your Ricky Pouge, um, who's going to come in and listen, you're going to need depth there somewhere. Uh, also mm-hmm. can play on the wing, also can play as a forward. So there's some, some, some variability to him a little bit. So you could, this is a strong rumor or a soft rumor. And by the way, when you started, when you started telling the story, I was thinking, could this be Cabral? Oh yeah. Is he, is he, is he going to do some cleanup here? You know, I think that that comes in the off season. I think they're going to have to try to find a loan situation somewhere to get him off the books, uh, for, for, for Kevin Cabral. Um, I also think that there's a strong possibility they buy out Douglas Costa in the off season. That's an expensive off season. If you're thinking about that, I, and And we talked about this, I think, on the last show or maybe the show before that. Technically, the Galaxy could open all three designated player spots next year using a buyout, using a contract ending with Chicharito, and then loaning out Kevin Cabral. You could absolutely do that. Um, Let me ask you this, Josh. mm -hmm. Would you, if they did that, righting their wrongs, right? This would be an admission of error, which, let's face it, it's very difficult for some key people in this organization to take accountability and responsibility for. However, right. if they did that, would you be happy in the sense that, you know what, they've, they're admitting it, we're moving forward, we've got three DP spots open, or would you be like, oh my gosh, I hope they get this right? Where would you sit with that? Like if they said, you know what, it's bad debt, we're going to write it off as bad debt, this is... This is how we're moving forward. No, I've played that game before. I've watched them write off bad debt with Giovanni Dos Santos. I've watched them try to like, <laughs> like do things, right? It, I was writing my story on, on Ricky Pouge and, and let's talk about that real quick just so we can get out of the way. Uh, LA Galaxy officially announced today that Ricky Pouge, um, which I believe we're saying correctly, it's not Puig, um, it's Pouge. And there's some sort of little tiny thing that um, that that uh, people in Barcelona put on the end of it. It's not like Barcelona. Um, which I told my wife that the Galaxy signed uh, somebody from Barcelona. She goes, excuse me, that's Barcelona. I'm like, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, were, you were correct. Um, and so uh, whenever, so so they officially signed him. The, the main points of this are that they signed him as a targeted allocation money player. 
that puts his salary between six hundred twelve thousand five hundred and one million six hundred twelve thousand five hundred. That's the range for targeted allocation money. Normally, if they say they've signed somebody to targeted allocation money contract, it means that they're a TAM player through the life of the contract because you take the total amount of the contract and you divide it by the number of years. So it's let's say you have three, you're paying somebody $3 million over the life of a contract and it's for three years, then your average is $1 million per year, right? We can sort of do mm-hmm. that math. So you take the average of the salary. This keeps teams from being like, uh, and this was one of the re- reasons that Zlatan's deal was a one-year deal whenever he came on TAM with nothing else. And then they signed him to a new contract, which was a designated player deal after mm-hmm. that. And they were not linked together. Is because if you link them together, then you would have to take the salaries and average them, and he wouldn't be a TAM player. So usually this means that the TAM player, his salary averaged out over the number of years, which the, which, uh, the LA Galaxy say they've signed for three and a half years, as a TAM player, you could say, wow, they got him for a TAM player for three and a half years, which would be outstanding. Does he know that? <laughs> Somebody should tell, tell Ricky what's going on in Major League Soccer, right? Um, here's the It's incredible, though. I mean, everyone was lauding LAFC for the TAM deals they made with Chiellini and, and Bale. Yeah, I mean, right. that's... Yeah, and so, and everybody forgot that you know the galaxy did it first with Zlatan. Whenever they were, oh my god, I can't believe they got Bale on Tam. It's like, well, yeah, remember when Zlatan came on Tam? Remember how everybody got came on glued? You know, and basically the Philadelphia Union basically came on glued whenever they like they got Bale on Tam. Whole deal. Same thing with Ricky here. There's no reason the LA Galaxy should be able to get him on Tam. Here's the there's two things that probably throw a wrench into that, and there's reasons why I still believe he's going to be a DP next year. Um, one of those is the LA Galaxy moved Ryan Revelson uh, to uh, what? How do you say the, the, the place in France? Is it at Auxerre? Auxerre. You say it much better than I do. Uh, League one team in France. So Ryan Revelson, let's trace him real quick. Ryan Revelson goes from League two Trois, right? He was playing in League two with Trois. Uh, de, de? No, it's Trois. It's, it's, uh, but it's T-R-O, it's T-R-O-Y-E-S, right? Trois. Yeah. Right? So yes. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, by the way, I was talking in our Discord. This is totally aside. I was talking in our Discord. We have um, somebody in our Discord, uh, Lem, in our Discord. He's He lives in Paris. Uh, Lem is great, and he translates stuff for us in, in French all the time. He's he's amazing. I love him to death. And so he was somebody was asking, like, hey, I'm thinking about going to Paris for the Olympics, but I'm worried about going to a place where they, they don't speak English. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't speak French. And I'm like, listen, here's what you need to do. Dress nice. Learn how to say hello goodbye, thank you, and good night. And excuse me, pardon, very easy. All right, learn those things. Do the other two. Uh, uh, let's see, bonjour, 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 right? Yeah. Uh, let's see, and uh, bonsoir, right? So bonsoir, um, what was it? Oh, merci, merci, merci beaucoup. Merci, merci, senor Guzman. Yeah, yeah, see, I always want to go into Spanish whenever I start speaking French, which is a problem. <laughs> so anyway, I said learn those, and then the key for me is dress nice. And Lem yeah. was like, what? And I go, no, dude, you don't understand. We dressed really nice when we went there. People thought we were French. Like, it wasn't a deal. And we would go <laughs> in and say, bonjour. And we'd say things. We had people come up to us and have full conversations with us in French. Had no idea what they were saying. We're like, okay, merci, baba. You know, like, we were like. That's hilarious. So I'm like, if you dress nice. I go, don't dress like an American tour. Just dress nice. So anyway, 
That was my little. It works aside. in Italy too, by the way. They love to dress nice in Italy. Yeah, I think it aren't, if you go in Milan and like, and you're a woman and you're not wearing heels, like down the down the main strips in, in Milan, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure they're like that's a tourist for sure. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. She's not Italian. I wear heels whenever I go to Milan. Too. <laughs> it's a good time. Um, so anyway, uh, that was a complete aside. Sorry about that. But anyway, uh, they sent him to France. So he went from League Two Trois, right, and he goes now to League One Auxerre, right, and. The LA Galaxy got him on a free transfer and then they sold him for $1.78 million. So that was he came over for free. They got $1.78 with a possibility of $2 million. So there's a, some incentives on there. If he plays, he does the whole mm-hmm. thing. The Galaxy will get $2 million. $1 million of that can be turned into general allocation money, right? Which is basically you could be used to do other things with inside the salary mm-hmm. cap. So the Galaxy can take a million of that and do something with it inside the salary cap. I believe that's correct. That matters when we're talking about Ricky Bush. And the reason that we have to talk about Ricky that way is that, again, I think he's going to be a DP. So the Galaxy did one of two things. They either use the prorated TAM amount, and that somehow equals up to, you know, three or four million dollars that he's able to get as a salary. But it's just for half the season, so it's not that full amount, and maybe they can do it. Or they bought down a player from a designated player spot to a TAM player with general allocation money and maybe you can combine them i don't know it gets really confusing but bottom line is i expect spinning yeah <laughs> bottom line is i expect that um that uh ricky and uh and everybody else will eventually be um uh, a designated player so he'll be a designated player i don't know why my camera's deciding that it doesn't want to focus on me anymore but it doesn't yeah, like you're me. blurry you're maybe, all blur- you- maybe you're drinking maybe that's what it is no <laughs> There we go. So, there okay. you go. You're back. Well, You're back. Know. Who knows? Are you bummed about Revelison? No, but I'm also I, I'm also not happy about it. It's it was a business transaction, and and people lose a little bit whenever we're talking about business transactions and mm-hmm. players. I liked Ryan. He was a cool dude. Um, I liked his his unemotional sort of play. He would just go out there and he would play, and whether he was happy or sad, you never knew. And he was very even keeled. And I thought he was a decent enough signing for the LA Galaxy. He becomes a better signing for the LA Galaxy when they sell him for $2 million. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and I think that they brought him in to be a defensive midfielder and they learned that he was not a defensive midfielder and that he was probably more of a, a I wouldn't say an attacking midfielder, but certainly like an eight, a box to box guy for sure. Mm-hmm. And we saw him in the recent year, recent days and recent games playing more forward and being in there and trying to make those late runs and do that thing. Bottom line is he's never going to be a great finisher, uh, despite his flashes whenever he first joined the LA Galaxy, right? Um, and so for me, uh, I get a little sad because I, I, I like him. I liked him. He was a good good guy. Um, he's very professional. Super professional. Just, I mean, never any problems with him. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. an issue. You never had to worry about Ravelson. He was going to go out and he was going to put in a shift. His shift was never a 10 of 10. Maybe once or twice whenever he first joined the Galaxy, he had like a 10 of 10 shift, right? Most of the time, he's a 7 of 10 guy or a 6 of 10 guy. And you sort of knew what you were going to get. And he was consistent. And he stayed healthy. And he played. And I don't know that you can ask for that. The other part of this that everybody always forgets, and I guess I take some people off on Twitter because uh, Jared Dubois, who was my old co- co-host was like do people like i because i said i go the other reason that ryan revelison got traded to france was because he was a tradable asset 
Like yeah. the gal- it's not like you can grab Kevin Cabral and be like, hey, anybody want to pay us $2 million for Kevin Cabral? It's like, who's going to be like, no, we've seen him play. We're good. Thanks. You know, we got it. Didn't you guys pay almost $6 million in a transfer fee for him? Nah, we're good. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Right? So he's a tradable asset. You have to give away stuff that you, it hurts a little bit to give away. Right? It's like, right. it's never, very rarely can you just send Juan Pablo and hell across the uh, locker, across the hallway to the Chivas USA locker room whenever you don't want them. The Galaxy got away with that, at the, <laughs> you know, in, in MLS at one point. That's not the case with Revelson. So he was a tradable asset, which is valuable to what the LA Galaxy wanted to do. The fact that they're getting almost $2 million in return for him is one of the few times in history of the LA Galaxy, Sophie, that they bought a player and made a profit on him. And they didn't even really, if you figure you had to pay him wages the whole time, they basically like rented him for 18 months and then, and then basically, and like wiped their hands and caught, got a couple hundred thousand dollars out of it. But still that money now comes back and that money is available to be used on, uh, on Ricky Pooch. And so if you take the heart out of it, Mm-hmm. It's a good deal. It makes sense. It, it, it's, a, it's a good business deal, right? And my whole thing was like, I, I hate people that can't see that you need tradable assets. They're like the same people who don't know how to negotiate or have never negotiated for anything on eBay, right? It's like, you know, like <laughs> you're like, I'll give you, I'll give you $75 for this. And you're like, it's worth 3000 Like, no, that's not going to work. You know, like it's like, I just feel like there's the lack of negotiation skills of sort of like fell, falling apart for some people. It's like, no, they wanted something. And in return, we got $2 million and, you can't sell. Uh, let's see who else were there. I think people were like, "Why oh, couldn't it have been Alvarez?" It's like, well, because because doesn't want Alvarez. That's why. Because, right. You know, it's like one of those things. It's like maybe they gave him. Maybe they held up a deck, Sophie, and they're like, "Pick any of these players, right?" <laughs> and how much will you give them for us? Um, it's that scene in Sophie's Choice, you know? Yeah. The two kids. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the funny. Um, the, uh, the only. But other, I guess yeah, this is ahead. a move in the right direction, then, in your opinion, in terms of. If you if you become a bit more, but you don't believe it because it goes back to my question to you. If they clear the decks, you feel like you've seen this movie before and you know how it ends. With Ricky, I am very much here's. There's two mindsets for Ricky for me, and then I'll I'll get your your take on it too because I think it's important. Um, one is I think that this is a deal that is easy to make in terms of like, would you pull the trigger on it? Would you trade Ryan Revelison and then bring in somebody like Ricky Pooch? And it's like, yeah, you would. Revelison, we talked about it whenever Pooch was coming in. We were saying, well, does where does Revelison fit in with that? Well, he's he's kind of taking his spot, so it makes sense to move him. Um, Eight hundred and fifty five thousand dollars on the salary cap is a lot for 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 Revelison, and so taking that away and bringing in somebody like Ricky Pooch, it, it makes sense. You get younger. Although yeah. Revelison's only the twenty five, so it's not like he was he was old, right? But you get yeah. younger on that. The big the, I am unsure of what Ricky is going to provide to Major League Soccer. I don't know how to judge him. I said in my article that if you're mm. barely missing out on a Barcelona first team in La Liga, you're talking about like one percent of the one percent of people who can actually play on the first team for Barcelona, right? I mean, he was on the roster. He was, and he played forty-two times or fifty-two times, right? I mean, he yep. played, but I mean, he—it's not like he earned us. The whole thing, everybody was like, they're counting him out, right? He's the odd man out. He's sort of not fitting in the whole deal. And if you're that person, you already have skill that is one percent of one percent. And I've seen a lot of people who are like, this guy sucks. Um, he's horrible. Don't get him. He's got attitude problems, which all may be true. I don't know how to judge him. Right. But I'm have to imagine that if you're on the cusp of Barcelona, you can probably start for the LA galaxy. That Look, he's, he's not the only one. Xavi's clearing the decks at Barcelona. This is really the season. He was hampered 
you know, financially, I don't know how they've been doing it, how they've been making all these transfers. You know how they've been doing it? They've been borrowing money against their TV rights. Right. And and their Spotify <laughs> listens. That's one of the other jokes we have in the in the Discord is like they're selling their Spotify <laughs> listens. That's a uh, SA Galaxy in our Discord who always uses that when I'm stealing it. So. <laughs> I mean, it's in, it's incredible, but you know, Aubameyang went there and did quite well last season, and and it looks like he's in in Javi's eyes. He wants to cash in on him too. He could be going to Chelsea. There's you know, a Memphis Depay, very good player, did very well for Barcelona. You know, it, Tottenham and Arsenal were looking at, at potentially him. So. It's not like he's just on this scrap heap. Right. I think that's what I want I want people to know about that. He was definitely a player that came through um, La Masia and he's been touted as a talent. Wolves were actually in for him at the beginning of the transfer window. Don't quite know what happened there. But here's the thing I think everyone needs to be careful about. And I, I talked about this on my show in the reverse. I'm really sick and tired of the prejudice towards American players when they go to Europe to play. That's happening right now for Matt Turner, who's turned up at the Arsenal as the backup goalkeeper. And I'm not having it, right? And I think the same can be said for young players who want to come and play in MLS. Now, is it the same standard? No. But this comparison continually with the league, it's ridiculous, okay? There's leagues in Europe that don't stack up against La Liga, the Premier League, Bundesliga, Liga. They just don't. Right. And so if a young player wants to come to the U.S. and play, Simon Cooper wrote about it in his book, Soconomics. The U.S. is going to be one of the biggest, it's an emerging market, but it will be one of the best places to come and play football. And you're seeing that. Javinko really kicked it off by coming younger. And then, of course, Insignia. Toronto have three players now that are part of the Italian national team. Mm -hmm. So if he wants to come to the United States and play football and maybe go back in two years or whatever, you know, stronger, better with more kind of brains between his two ears. I know there's this, you know, this vibe about him that he might be a party boy or whatever. And yeah, we'll soon find that out. But we don't know any of those things yet. So we're not going to judge him on that. Why is it? I think it's a great thing. And I think that's the transition that is starting in the league and it's going to continue and I think people need to just give it a little bit more respect when a player decides to come um, because he's going to get the opportunity. He could become a superstar here. His, val- his market value goes up and he's a good player. Yeah. And he's going to make a difference uh, to, to this team. As long as he's coming to work, right? I mean, that's my, my biggest yeah. concern yeah. about this whole thing. Is he, if he sees this as, well, I'm going on vacation, you know, the whole deal. There's other parts to this that make me think that that's, that won't be the case. One is Victor Vasquez apparently had something to do with this signing. Apparently he was talking to him and Victor Vasquez is a graduate of, of La Masia. Right. Um, and so uh, Victor sort of has that in there, right? Um, I would imagine that Chicharito might have picked up the phone and called him. You're talking about two guys who have been there and done that and been professionals around soccer for their entire lives and know how to put in the work and know how to do things. Um, mm-hmm. If they can rub on rub off on him and sort of point him in the direction that he has to really work here. He's going to be physically attacked in this league. He is small. He's five foot six. He's like 130 pounds, maybe even less than that, right? So he's a slight diminutive little dude. Okay, there you go. There's a shirt for you, a slight diminutive little dude. <laughs> uh, by the way, $5 uh, super chat from Gary. Gary says, as always, vehemently appreciate the show. Thank you. Um, Thanks for that, Gary. Appreciate it. But he's a small dude. He's coming to a physical league. 
uh, I watched highlights of him where the highlight of him was that he's quick enough to get around guys who are trying to kill him uh, in La Liga, and then he would take the foul. I like those guys. Chicharito is that guy, to be honest with you. He puts his Smart body... Football. Yeah, it puts your body in a position to draw the foul. I feel like um, like Ricky can do that as well. There's going to be a lot of question marks. The bottom line is this is an easy deal to do. The seismic shift that this could eventually be, and I wrote in my article, and I know it's hyperbole. I get it. But the idea is that this signing is so important to the future of Major League Soccer. If this works... If this has some staying power, if the Galaxy can keep him for three and a half years and then sell him back to Europe, we've talked about this pipe dream before. Talked about it with Kevin Cabral. Talked about it with all these young kids who come in and you're sort of like, well, we could sell him back at any time. Roman Alessandrini was talked about, well, if we buy Roman Alessandrini, we could sell him back whenever he can. Didn't didn't really work. But, you know, that's the type of thing. The bottom line is this has the ability. The pedigree is there. The type of player that Greg wants, quote unquote, fits our style exactly, right? This is exactly the type of player that they want. Um, and so if this works, the shift, as you're pointing to, is seismic shift, earth shattering in Major League Soccer. And people don't want to admit that, right? And I saw, I think they put out a, a Matt Doyle uh, put out a poll today and basically was like, what's the bigger signing, Gareth Bale or or uh, or or Puj, right? And the whole deal. And it's like Gareth Bale has the name recognition, but I and and that happens outside of Europe, right? Outside of Europe, Gareth Bale has the has the name recognition. Mm-hmm. Inside of Europe, people know who who Ricky Puj is, and they've been following him for a while. Kevin Baxter knew who he was because he went to Barcelona to do a story, and they were talking right. about him whenever they were whenever they were doing. So there's something there. There's some cachet behind that name. Gareth Bale probably will win that poll, but the bottom line is, at the time I saw it, it was 60-40. And the fact that a 22-year-old who has no name recognition in the United States, right, because relatively few people, I've never heard of him. Very honestly, I don't watch European soccer. It's not one of those things. I don't have time for it more than anything. I watch the Galaxy and everything that happens with them. That's what I have. Bottom line is that that had 40%. That says something at that point about what, how, how big this could be. Not saying it will be, and could it fail dramatically? Oh, absolutely, and the Galaxy have a history of making things fail dramatically. So I am in no means saying this is a home run, but the deal was easy to pull. It was, it was an easy trigger to pull. You do that deal. You move Revelis and you bring in Ricky Pouge. This, is a, this could be a, a significant deal for the long term, too. Greg Vanny trying to build around young players, ex- extending out three and a half years. He should have a number 10, a 10-ish, we'll say a 10-ish, a number 10-ish guy who's going to sit in a spot that he likes just like he had Giovinco maybe earlier. And that is ex- bingo. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Yeah. That's exactly what he wants. Yeah. That's exactly what he hasn't had since his, since not forever? the way he wants. S- huh? Since forever. I mean, Vanny has never had it. No. Um, and when was the last time the galaxy had an actual 10? Because the answer is that they really haven't. I mean, Juninho was as close as it came and he, he sort of was on a double pivot with Marcelo Sarvas in that. So not necessarily a 10, by the way, they did ask if I got a churro at Disneyland. No, I did not. Um, Disneyland Epic was failure. Yeah, it was. Well, I had, listen, 
I'm my family doesn't listen to the show. So all of you people who are listening right now, you are my confidants. Don't tell my wife that I said these things. I went to Still Disneyland. I went to Disneyland with a bunch of whiners is what I did. They were, oh, it's too hot. Oh, it's too crowded. Oh, I don't know if I want to <laughs> wait in that line. So it was it was a test of patience. By the way, my youngest, Jake, Mind blown. Thought it was the coolest thing ever. He was down to stay. He didn't want to go home. He was like, no, 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 let's go. Let's keep riding these rides. I like this. This is good stuff. Two and a half years old, ready to rock and roll. The other two, wait, they're going to have words next time before we go. So you didn't stay for the fireworks? Yeah, right. Fireworks. (laughs) It would have to get dark for that to happen. And the sun was way (laughs) up by the time we were still there. when We left. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so. um, Did you see the ESPN piece between um, Sebastian Salazar, is it? Yeah. And And, and Hercules Hercules Gomez? Gomez? Yeah. Herc realizes it. I mean, if you saw Hercules Gomez was like, wait a minute, do you, are you not getting how big this is? Are you not yeah. understand like how, 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 like he was flabbergasted that anybody, and listen, I know that's how shows work. Not our show, by the way. I didn't tell Sophie to take one side and then we're going to sit here and argue <laughs> it out. Um, but you know, I, seeing those things the, the, the way, but Herc, Herc was sort of like, do you not understand what's going on with this? Like, right. this is a huge shift. It can be. It can also go really bad. And if you're, and, and I don't know, like I said in my article, and you can go to cornerofthegalaxy.com, it's like the galaxy have had so many bad contracts. And somebody in our chat room, and I forget who it was, pointed it out, said, um, you know, the reason the galaxy only had Ryan Revelison as a tradable asset is because all a bunch of their other contracts suck, right? And it's like, yep, okay, <laughs> correct. That's why you can't trade Kevin Cabral or Efrain Alvarez. And really even Julian Rajo is probably one that's more valuable to you right now than to anybody else. And so you sort of hold on to him and you keep him. And he's regressed a little this year for sure. Um, so seeing those different things, it's like, oh, okay. That's an understatement. He ha- I mean, I'm not, I'm not worried. Um, I just want them to establish a style for him. And then let him work that style. Shoes got too big once he hit the Mexican national team. He's not been the same since. Maybe they ruined him. Maybe they were like, here, think about this. And it's like, you know, don't, no, don't think about that. He's still got a chip on his shoulder. I'm not worried. I, he'll, he'll figure it out. Growing I know, pains. he'll be fine. Growing pains. Um, so anyway, uh, you go into this and, and that's what you get with, with Ricky, Ricky Pooch. That gets Brugman as well. I mean, so if you give the LA Galaxy a grade in the transfer window and let's pretend that it's over with right now as we're going and I've been trying to stay on top of things. I'm pretty sure everything's done, um, that there's nothing more to talk about tonight. There's no text. There's no, no I, incoming I got, text. I did get a text while we were go while we were going, but it was it more or less confirmed that everything is is nighty night time and, and you can put everything down. Uh, there When's were, he coming? When's he hitting the shores? Don't know. I've asked. Uh, I hmm. imagine it's seven to fourteen days, right? Because it takes forever. However long it takes, it's gonna. He's got to get his his P one visa, and then he's got to get um, his ITC. His ITC is the easy part. The international transfer certificate. That gets him here. That means he's not going to play against Sporting Kansas City. Um, the next game after that is the game against Vancouver on 8-13. Nope, not, not that game. Not going to happen. I think if you're trying to target a time for, for Ricky, it's 8-19 against Seattle, hosting Seattle, or he goes into that 8-28 game for sure, I think, in New England, which is that's great. Hey, Ricky, you want to come play on turf? Um, he, by the way, he, <laughs> he played for Barcelona's B team, and they play on turf. Sometimes. So it's fine. I saw highlights of it. Um, by the way, $2 super chat from what the, uh, and he says, Vanny probably thinks that Pooj is French. That's may very well could be, uh, you know how Vanny likes his French people. Um, 
And uh, what the then gave us another $5 super chat said, look up Land of Dreams for Disneyland, Josh. It was $18,000 for the 10 of us last time I went. We paid with Tam. Uh, that's 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 good. I like that. The land of dreams. I did, however, tell my wife, I was like, you know, I saw a lot of the, the plaids walking around. You know, the plaids are the tour guides, right? They're in their yeah. the, the plaid pants or the plaid skirts and that type of thing. Um, and I was like, you know, you can get 10 people together and then it almost makes sense for like five or six hours to like do that. And she was like, just why? Why do I? Why do I do this? Um, so anyway, I mean, it's it's not cheap going to Disney. <laughs> I have an amazing, amazing listener who who may or may not have helped me out a little bit on on that. So, oh, nice, yes, amazing. Nice. Um, and I I would tell you all about this person. I just don't know if that's like cool or not cool, and so I won't. Nah, you don't have. But they they are keep awesome. That stuff secret. Yeah, they are awesome. I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to share. So, I don't want to share. So Pooj and Brugman together. And Brugman. I mean, that's an A transfer window for me. Knowing what the LA Galaxy and they moved Ravellis in a way to get a a, a very talented. They tried to address the problems. They got a defensive midfielder. They got a cam. Okay, let's see what you can do now. They, they don't have the one thing that has sort of quickly, I guess, slowly built up over this. And we expected it to sort of change was to find a, somebody who could score from the wings. That's still not addressed because Kevin Cabral is not going to do it. And Grant Sear is not going to do it. Um, it was funny because on the broadcast, they were Taylor Twelman and John Champion were talking about how Grant Sear came in in that second half and they're like, oh man, he's just such a calming influence and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I go, you guys just wait. He's going to get in a position to do something good and he's going to screw <laughs> it up because that's that's how it goes. To me, Grant Sear and Cabral are the same player. They just get paid different amounts. So Cabral gets more hate than Grant Sear. Oh, I, really, I don't think Grant Sear is wasteful with the ball. I, and, and maybe not, but he also doesn't work as hard on the backside either. So, I agree with that. And it's like, I, I'm sort of like, okay, but their numbers are very similar in terms of uh, expected goals. And they're both that like, I think Kevin's at minus 3.4 and Grant Sear's at like minus 2.8. So... They're, I test though, Grancier looks he does. better. Well, he looks like Roman Alessandrini until the point where he gets into the chance to score. He can't score to save his life. Uh, he did score against LAFC. I'm still convinced that was a fluke, but that's fine. Um, the, the whole deal. So, I mean, you have that. Um, for me, um, I, I think they, they've addressed a lot of the problems that they had and in some bigger ways, right? This isn't like they went out and got some depth pieces. So they got starters. They got two starters. Um, yeah. That's gonna, so what's your starting 11 look like then? Best team, the best starting 11 for LA Galaxy with these two new signings. Oh, man. What does it look like? Well, before I say that, there was a rumor the LA Galaxy were going after Aaron Long from New York Red Bulls. He was apparently oh. on the trading block because his contract is up in, at the end of this year. Um, and I was like, man, I could see the LA Galaxy going after Aaron Long. And there were some rumors that were indicating the Galaxy might be in on that. Um, by the way, it was Seattle who came out as the team that was definitely in on Luis Suarez, um, which was not surprising. We, we know that there's a connection there, um, with Nico Ladero, right? And so they, they yeah. know each other and, and we've sort of expected that for a while. Um, but they were the ones and basically Brian Schmetzer was like, yeah, we'd still love to have them. So I kind of expect Luis Suarez to make it to Seattle next year, uh, for the start of the season next year. Cause his, his contract at Nacional is only through this winter. So think that can still happen you don't think he's going to be settled back home and interesting yeah i think so you could have suarez in seattle mm-hmm. you could have messi in, in, in miami. miami don't it's and cristiano and, and ronaldo in at, los at angeles LA galaxy yeah la galaxy of course why not um so yeah you could have that i mean here's the and that's the, sort of the whole revamp thing so anyway i was thinking aaron long because the discord was talking about playing in a three five two 
there's a very good chance. Uh, there's a very good likelihood if you really wanted to get your best 11 players on the field that a 3-5-2 sort of sits at the best. That doesn't necessarily mean that's how I always want to start. But again, I'm sort of throwing up my hands and saying, whatever, just play them all together. I don't I care. That's how Greg, is that what Greg wants to do? Yeah, I'm going to tell Greg that 3-5-2 is the way to go from here on out. <laughs> um, I don't think that's the way he wants to play. So we'll see. We'll see no. how that goes. And, and certainly against Sporting Kansas City is a chance. One of the one of the worst teams in Major League Soccer. Um, so... Uh, for me, you know, I'm sort of looking at if you can play a three center back set, um, maybe it's Zavaleta and Koulibaly and Williams as a three center backs with Bond back there. Bond or Klinsman. Klinsman had another good game um, uh, against Chivas. I don't know that there's a whole big gap between those two, Sophie. It doesn't feel like there's between a gap. Between Klinsman and Bond? Yeah. I don't think that there's a big gap between them. I don't. I don't think Klinsman is like ho a horrible goalkeeper and that he's so much worse than Jonathan Bond. I don't think Jonathan Bond is the best goalkeeper in the world, that he's so much better than Jonathan Klinsman. I think that if anything happened to either of them, that you're fine with the other one starting. You know, with Bondi, I think what happened was he came in and he had an immediate impact and he became a mini cult hero. Is that an overstatement, perhaps early on? Yeah. Paul, well, well, I mean, you know. to be honest, Bingham was so unlikable that just getting anybody in that position that was not right. David Bingham was a pretty good step in the right direction. And then he, I mean, he came on our show like immediately. He was like, yeah, I'll come mm -hmm. on. Like he, he was all about it. He wanted to do it. He was excited to be here. Some guys just embrace being where they're at and can comfortably share their excitement for where they're being. And I think Jonathan Bond did that. Like, so well, and the fact that he's like half American, and half English. It's like, well, you get a piece and we get a piece and, you know, it, it, it like all sorts of sort of works and that. Um, and then he's just he's very easy to talk to. And so like he's endearing whenever you talk to him. He's always honest as far as I can tell. I don't think he lies. Uh, we asked him about the goal um, that got underneath him uh, in the uh, in the last game, right? Against Dallas, the one nothing game. And he was like, I'm always willing to critique myself. And he goes, in my mind, this is what I was trying to do. He goes, so I don't know that that was wrong. He goes, but I'll go back and look at it, you know, and the whole deal. It's like, okay. He's honest like that. He take, he and Sasha are probably, and, and Chicharito, they're, they're very candid in, in post gamers, but don't, don't you think too, that, um, you can only be as good as who's in front of you and LA galaxy really have struggled defensively. Yeah. And so I feel that's had an effect obviously on the goalkeepers, but I would say they're, Pretty equal on shot stopping. I think Klinsman's a really good shot stopper. Yeah. I'm not sure who's better bringing the ball out from the back with their feet. Toss up. Um, I mean, Klinsman has been worse in, at times, and I know Bond isn't great at it, but but Klinsman has been worse at it. But anyway, so put Bond or Klinsman yeah. in there, that, however we want to do it. Uh, you have the three center backs. You have Araujo on the outside. Then you can sort of fit in. Uh, you can fit in Brugman. Uh, you can fit in Delgado and then you can put in uh, Puj in that in that central. Um, and then on the left hand side is probably Raheem Edwards because he's a good winger. Right. So now you have your five across there and then your two with Jovalich and Chicharito. I think that that is probably your best 11. That's not necessarily how I would start games, but it's certainly if I needed offense and I wanted to or if I wanted to throw a curveball at Sporting Kansas City this weekend and be like, screw it. We're going balls to the wall for the first half. We're going to win this game in the first half. Which, by the way, the Galaxy are undefeated whenever they're leading at for leading at the half, 5-0-0. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a good strategy to play. I don't know. Maybe you start that way and then you back it more defensively. I just know that there's no place to go from that 3-5-2 offensively unless you're going to get Preston Judd on the field. And maybe you, maybe you should get Preston Judd on the field too. Um, so anyway, that's I think that's a that's pretty good starting 11, Josh. I'm, the Galaxy are not good enough 
to have an argument over who the best 11 players are. I know that that's, that's not. Well, I, I understand what you're saying there. You, that's a fair statement, but that's not a terrible starting 11. It's not. It's not. But it's, it, it, it's just, it's one of those things that it's like, we've been saying this for years, by the way, um, that, they, they, there aren't very many arguments whenever it comes to starting 11s because the Galaxy have not been great in terms of depth, right? Um, that also, like, that doesn't have Douglas Costa playing. I mean, that doesn't have Kevin Cabral playing. I mean, this is the... This is... I mean, remember, yeah. remember we didn't mention any of those names, right? And it's I have like, to eat the humble pie on Douglas Costa, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, that's fine. So does, you know, the LA Galaxy front office. As much as they get to tout, <laughs> tout Pooj and, and Brugman, they also have to tout, you know, Douglas Costa. Um, and so, you know, it's... this Again... You get what you get. I don't know. I know that they're upset. Certainly whenever Kevin wrote his article about it, I'm sure they were upset. But it's like, could you really expect that there was going to be some sort of puff piece about how good you're doing when you're not doing mm -hmm. good? You know, I once talked to a, to a front office person and they were like, you know, you guys are pretty harsh on us on the podcast, which, by the way, I think we're very level headed. I usually don't go completely out of my way to like spear somebody. That with me on an episode, maybe. <laughs> Um, and I think we do that. And so one of them was like, you know, I, I think you guys need to take it easier on us. And I go, and I was like, well, I think you guys need to win games. I go, winning solves all this problem, win games and that you get like good coverage. Don't you understand how that works? Like you will get positive coverage. You win games. You're good. You beat teams. You get into the playoffs. You do things in the playoffs. You win championships. I mean, imagine all the puff pieces that were written about the LA galaxy, which I wrote many of them in 2011, 2012 and 2014 and even in 2015. Right. It's pretty easy to be positive around a team that is dominating a league. Um, and right now, if so they do listen, Josh, of course they do. Of course they do. Um, I thought Kevin's piece was balanced, wasn't it? Balanced. And, you know, he didn't he, he didn't call make for a any, statement. Hey, you know, yeah, he didn't call for anybody's firing. No. So anyway, that's sort of uh, that's sort of sort of where we where we go with that. Um this transfer window, I mean, for the most part, we should be done. Um, well, it's midnight on the East Coast now. Yeah, so I think I think we're okay. I think we're done. Um, we'll find out. Quite honestly, if anything does happen, uh, it won't be announced till tomorrow anyway. So, um, you know, you can just listen to this podcast and be like, well, hey, morons, <laughs> they announced something yesterday and, you know, blah, 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 the whole deal. So, um, anyway, that's sort of where we're, we're sitting on the transfer window. So... Sophie, if you were going to give them a grade on the transfers, where do you sit on this for this window alone? Not because you can't count the first window as a little bit of a disaster with Douglas Costa. Because the two players are or have the potential to immediately affect the team, which the team really needs badly, I'm going to give it a 7.27. Realistically, that's a C, right? I mean, seventy percent. Is it a C or is it a C plus? I mean, I don't like pluses and minuses. You get an A, a B, a C, a D. I don't know. Does I'll give him a B. A B. I think I sort of feel like they're in. A, a, listen to this. I sort of feel like they're in a B plus, A minus range. So <laughs> I can't. I can't. Um, here's what's a, your grade? Uh, I think with the if you're going to take it on the projection of what it could be, I think it's an A. 
because Push could be a really good player for the LA Galaxy for the next three and a half years. You don't play the what if game I don't know. on this one. But I don't know how to judge him. This is not, see, this is why it's not fair to judge like Gareth Bale against somebody like Ricky Push, right? Because Bale has done things. Ricky Push is starting to do things. And it's like Ricky Push could end up being a better player than Gareth Bale. Unlikely, Gareth Bale well, is an extreme. In this league. Yes, yeah. I mean, in this league, yes. But I mean, in yeah. terms of the overall career arc, Ricky Push could end up winning whole bunches of trophies. He plays for the Galaxy for three years. He gets sold for $12 million. Barcelona has a 50% sell-on fee, which I don't think we've talked about. Um, Barcelona also has the right to repurchase him basically at any time, uh, which is good because I'm pretty sure that's going to be millions of dollars if that happens, right? So it's one of those, like the Galaxy got him on a free transfer. That alone, the free transfer for him coming over is like worth millions of dollars because if anybody buys him, you're, you're putting that in your pocket, right? So those things are all good. So Ricky Bush could do stuff. We don't know. He was... He was tasked as perhaps the next Messi, right? And that's always tough because nobody's ever going to be Messi, right? So many people are, mate. I mean, but I'm but I'm going to hold you to the sword here because you said earlier we're talking about, you know, it's a good business deal. You're asking to grade the window mm-hmm. and that has to come into play, right? The fact that you said it's in terms of revelation and getting money and, you know, taking that, market value. For that, that trade alone is an A. Taking Revelison and flipping him for $2 million, and he's now an extra piece that you didn't really have a spot for. So you got rid of an extra piece you don't have a spot for. You cleared 855K uh, from the salary cap, which you probably needed to find to sign Ricky Pouge anyway. Then you get $2 million, a million of that that you can put into general allocation money, which probably helps you buy down Ricky Pouge's salary. That move in itself, just by that, is an A move. Because it checks all the boxes off. You got money. You got money to do things. Then you went out and got a player that you needed. So that move by itself, it's Ricky Pooge is the hard one. Because I can see him failing in Major League Soccer easily. Um, and so that's why it's tough to sort of say. So maybe it's a B because you can't judge it. Maybe it's a B minus because it's all right, somewhere in there. All right. All right. Good. I'm glad we got through. That was good. That's good. I, I like transfer windows. I like, you know, it's, it gets everybody's. Do it well. Everybody's when like, you start talking about Tam and Gam and all that stuff, my head spins like crazy, but I learned something. I, I, because this is like a PG, PG-13 show, I don't want to tell you about my nipples and what happens whenever I talk about Tam and Jam. But let's just say, <laughs> uh, LA Galaxy playing sport in Kansas City. I'm sorry if there's parents who are listening with their kids in the car. I really do try it to... It wasn't like, me this time. It wasn't you. I, I, I really do try to like keep in mind that kids listen to the show, and I know they do because parents come up and tell me so i apologize if you now have to explain about nipples to your children um all right all i can think of is i've got nipples greg can you milk me uh sporting kansas city la galaxy coming up on i think i have july 30th on here because i forgot to change the date i did everything right except change the date uh for this particular game and if we go over to our our schedule we can see of course that it is august 6th coming up this saturday uh la galaxy kansas uh, against sporting kansas city game is a 5 30 p.m tv start time unamas tudn and twitter you can watch it on twitter in english remember that uh, kickoff sophie is 5 33 so just a three minute lead in uh, for this particular game. So be ready for it whenever it comes around. And again, August 6th, not July 30th. So close. Children's Mercy Park in uh, in Kansas City. Um, one of the things I will say is that we thought maybe the, the weather was going to be another issue because it was very hot there uh, last weekend. It started to cool down a little bit. It's going to be like maybe the high that day is like 90. 
um, which will be at, you know, at, let's see, it's 5.30, 6.30, so about 7.30 game time uh, there, should be relatively okay. It's not great, but it's not going to be like it was in Dallas where it was ridiculously hot. I think it's going to cool down. So that's one thing to pay attention to uh, because I think that really affects guys like Brugman who aren't quite game fit yet. Um, and if you make him run around in super hot and humid weather, uh, he'll, he'll tire a lot faster. And so then you won't get as much out of him whenever it goes. Um, the, the one comparison I can sort of put in here, Sophie, is that Sporting Kansas City uh, is a place that the LA Galaxy don't win at very often either. We talked about FC Dallas You've being one of the places. You've been saying that for like the last three weeks. <sighs> People like pretend like it doesn't matter. It absolutely matters. I know. I've been watching it for so long. It's like, yeah, it's an excuse. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I don't know if people watch baseball or, or whatever. Sometimes like the angels used to own the New York Yankees and there was no reason in God's green earth that the angels should have ever owned the New York Yankees in any part of any game. Right. But the Yankees would come into town and the, the angels would be like, Oh, we can beat them. No problems. And it was just this mindset thing. And for whatever the happened, 2000 team, is that the one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They used to just beat the crap out of the Yankees for fun and they weren't even a good team. Um, Sporting Kansas City did win both of its matches against Galaxy last season. Um, the Galaxy have won just two of their last 12 matches against Sporting, uh, dating back to October of 2015. Just one win in their last 13 visits to Kansas City. Draw six, lose six. So one win in their last 13 visits to Kansas City. Wow. See? And people pretend like like that doesn't matter. It matters. Um, yeah, and but Kansas absolutely suck this season. Oh, they're, they are rock bottom of the Western Conference. They are horrible. Um, and I, I still think that they're going to be... It's it. Listen, this is Major League Soccer. They're going to be a difficult team to beat in Sporting Kansas City. People have done it. Not saying that it doesn't happen. But this is a game absolutely the LA Galaxy should win. We talk about games the Galaxy should win. And what happens in those games the Galaxy don't win. Um, but Sporting Kansas City has 20 points from 24 games. The LA Galaxy now have two games in hand on some teams, one game in hand on a lot of other ones. The only one in the Western Conference the LA Galaxy don't have games in hand on are Colorado and LAFC. So 22 games played for LA Galaxy. You have um, Dallas with 24, Nashville with 24, uh, Seattle with 23, Portland with 24, uh, let's see who else, and Kansas City with 24. So two games in hand, and uh, Sporting Kansas City has 10 less points than the LA Galaxy right now. So that's sort of a point zero or 0 0.83 is their points per game right now for Sporting Kansas City. And their home record, usually a place where they are very good so three, six, mm -hmm. and two, six losses for for uh, Sporting Kansas City at home this year. That is unheard of. Uh, I was talking to their uh, sideline reporter, uh, Ali, Ali Trost, I believe is her last name. She's amazing. Uh, super nice. Um, and really always is like, hey, the game is going to start this week. Let's talk about it. And so like for the whole week, we just text each other about what's going on. That's how she can make sure that she knows what's going on with the galaxy before. I love mm -hmm. people like that. So like there are yeah, so cool. many like dedicated people who are like, tell me everything that you know, and I want to know it all. And then if you ever catch the broadcast, you catch little things that like you told them and that they like paid attention. It makes me feel very important. So I love that stuff. It's, it's so you much are fun. very important. I'm very tiny importance. Um, so uh, you know, just looking at this game and, and trying to figure this out, this is going to be a difficult game for the Galaxy. Short rest because of the Wednesday game. Galaxy, I believe, are traveling out on Friday. Uh, it's going to be hot. We expect that everybody made it through uh, unscathed in terms of their injuries. So you're having a full first team lineup. And what does Greg Vanny do with that 
uh, first team lineup whenever it comes around. Um, it, this is one of those. I, Kevin Kevin used the term "can't lose." I don't like must win games because must win is like a mathematical equation to me. Uh, and this is not a must win game. You could lose this game absolutely because what happens if you lose this game, Sophie? You play again the next week. It just makes things more. It just makes things harder on yourself. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mathematically eliminate you, so it absolutely is not a must win game. But it's a can't lose game. Galaxy need points so bad. Um, and when we look at sort of our target points and we are trying Sophie on our graphic here, we're trying to get the galaxy to 48 points, which is what they had last year. Okay. That means that right now they have 36 points available from the next 12 games. Okay. Which means they need 18 points from the next 12 games. 18 out of 36 is half the points, right? We can do math. 18 times two is 36. They need to win half of the available points to get back to 48 points. It's starting to get very difficult to get the points that they need. Um, and that means that this game gets into a can't lose game. Uh, Depending on what everyone else does too, that's going to come into play, of course. But yeah, you've got to just win your games and, and focus on you. By the way, I, re- I like that graphic. That was a nice graphic. Thank you. Me and yes. Can- me and Canva are on like a first name basis. We know how to <laughs> we know how to rock. Canva is uh, well. Like, again, the kids are listening. So look, yeah. I caught myself there. Very good, well done. I'm good very job. proud of myself. Good job. Good job. Um, but I see what you're saying, Josh. Because even though they're absolute rubbish right now and they're rock bottom, when you have that record against a side, uh, a lot of that goes out the window. So I understand what you're saying, but I think it's a great point from Kevin. It is a can't lose game. Because of the situation, they're not the sporting Kansas City of that we've known them to be over the last few seasons. No, they're definitely in that transition period. Yeah, and and, and Peter you, Peter Vermees could be on his way out. I mean, that's how bad it has been over the last probably two or three seasons, but especially this year um, with them. And Peter Vermees is like basically it's their Bruce Arena. Peter Vermees is an, is an, is the guy who controls everything in that particular organization mm-hmm. from top to bottom. He knows everything that goes on, and this could be his final sort of chance these last games to write a ship enough to be able to be the coach. I would imagine he transitions into a front office role if things don't improve, which is kind of crazy that you're going to be removing him from. You like him, don't you? Do you like him? Yeah. Apparently he's not a nice guy in terms of like he's a real competitor. That's probably why I like him too. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never got to talk to him, but I've, I admire what he does so much. I like anybody who can control their kingdom um, in that sort of manner, right? Like Bruce Arena, I have and do I, it well, and do it well, and year over year, and in a very small market in, in terms of Kansas City, it's bigger than you think it is, but it's also smaller than you think it is, right? Um, and they just don't have a lot of funds, they don't have a lot of money, they don't have a lot of the things they do, and he finds players, and he he's able to to pick the right combinations of them, and he knows when to pull the plug too. So I, yeah. I really I really do like him. So um, if Greg doesn't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. oh, the Mies leaves Sporting Kansas. I mean, he's not going to leave. See, that's the whole thing. I don't think that. I don't think so that he, he'll just go like you said up up top. I think he'll just stay sort of in that in that up top um, uh, area. I can't see them ridding themselves completely of Peter Vermees because that I don't. I don't think I would do that. There's zero. Actually, there's zero chance I would get rid of Peter Vermees for any reason. Uh, I would keep him in some sort of. Um, you know, position to, to affect the team. So I'm trying to, I'm getting here. I'm trying to go to 538 because I forgot to do it because it's been a busy day. Um, I, yeah, I wanted to see who was favored uh, in this game. So uh, LA Galaxy, 41% chance to win on 538. 
Uh, Sporting Kansas City, a 32% chance to win, a 27% chance on a draw. Almost a, a third, a third, a third split. Uh, Galaxy a little bit more favored over that third, over the, the third. So uh, 41%. I'll tell you this. It's not as lopsided as the ones the Galaxy usually lose for sure. Because anytime the Galaxy mm-hmm. are up, you know, a whole bunch, they're favored by a whole bunch. You're like, oh, they're, they're going to lose. Um, and this one is at least close enough that I think this is going to be a really good game. It's going to make people angry how close this game is. That's how that's how how close this game is going to be, right? Oh like pe- people are going to be upset at how the Galaxy and I thought the Galaxy played very evenly from Atlanta to Dallas. I thought that the the product was actually very similar in both games and the effort and all the things that happened in those games. I thought they were very similar. One was a two nothing win. One was one nothing loss. But I thought the product was very similar. I think Brugman's extra little bit of extra time with the galaxy now i think maybe that comes to fruition here i have i have i have high hopes i think the galaxy win this game so what do you think the score will be or two one two one the galaxy are gonna have to score those two goals like first half by the way it's gonna have to be two nothing and then they're gonna hold on they've got to get off to a fast start they've got to start getting into the habit um of scoring first and not having to chase the game. They're just not very composed when they have to chase a game. That's a real problem. They lose their shape and they kind of forget their role. You know, it's like they mm-hmm. lose their identity and they start playing more like individuals than a team because I think everyone's trying so hard. You want to get that monkey off your back, right? It's not been it's not been that good of a season and I think that some of the players try too hard. I think they're trying to be heroes Mm. uh, and they just need to just play as a team. And hopefully, you know, this win this week, even though it just was meaningless, it meant something in terms of just getting back on track because winning a game because that was a team play in that second half. It was. Yeah, exactly. Getting out of tight situations, passing through the midfield, creating an exploding space. My favorite part is on the Johnny Perez goal, by the way, um, is the Preston Judd run. Because Judd is on the right side of Johnny Perez as Perez is sort of coming up the left channel in the, in the center. And then Perez is going to try to cut back against it. And Judd comes back across him at one point to start moving to the left. And when he does that, mm-hmm. he just draws the defender over to him just a second because there could have been a pass there. And so that central yeah. defender just drifts a little bit. And as he drifts towards Judd, Perez fires to that far post. And so there's just that little bit of space. And that is a Judd run opening up a Perez goal. And it's just an understanding of that movement. I loved it. They did everything as a unit. It was great. You know, and that's what they lack sometimes when they lose control of a game early. You know, they just don't operate as a unit. They operate more like individuals. And that's something they really need to rectify. I hope, I hope that Greg saw what he wanted to see in the young players. And I think he did. Um, and I hope that gives him confidence to play them down the stretch because I think that there's yeah. going to be some chances for them. I, whether that comes to Adam Saldana in the center, whether that comes to Johnny Perez, um, Daniel Aguirre is another kid who uh, absolutely is 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 a is a player who can play um, on that first team. Jalen Neal's got to get some minutes down the stretch too. I'm I'm ready. I'm all in. Let's let's start. <laughs> let's light that fire um, and get that going for the for, hammer's for the so ready. Coming. Yeah. Oh. I'm, <laughs> He's he's so smooth. He's like he's like smooth thunder. I don't know. It's just like he he will he will smack you and you don't even know it comes. Like it's just like he's like oh I'm there I'm there wimp. I mean how many shots did he block last night? We're gonna get sidetracked because I'm gonna go into my my love for Jalen Neal and, and everything else that's coming. But um, yeah, that's where that's where it sits. LA Galaxy I think do a good job in the transfer window. Transfer window getting ready to close here. 
um, you know, momentarily. Again, I don't expect anything else, at least from people who are telling me that there's probably nothing else. So you can probably go to bed and rest easy. But if you want to stay up and, you know, fingers crossed, maybe maybe Greg is burning the midnight oil um, at 920 p.m. Um, and trying to find one last move uh, in, in all this before they, they have to they get it approved by Major League Soccer before it closes too. Like I can't imagine that anybody at MLS is like sitting next to their phone, although it should be. I think everything's probably done right about there. Um, <laughs> people are already <laughs> taking my smooth thunder thing to, to, to a different level. So we're, we'll probably That's have to the end the show there. Yeah. I, I do, uh, did you give a prediction for the game? What did you, did you, I, I probably missed and, it. Uh, a three-one, I think. Three-one. They're going to lose three-one. Brace one. from the the big DJ. Uh huh. Yes. And uh, it'd be nice to get a goal from somewhere Cabral unexpected. Cabral. How dare you? How dare you give people Cabral hope <laughs> in all this? All right. Uh, making sure everyone's still awake. Yeah, that's right. They're all just like, they just smash their heads against the keyboard. All right, we're going to end it there. Uh, LA Galaxy get through the transfer window. Uh, the next date that closes everything down is September 2nd, I believe, is the roster freeze deadline. Um, so you can sign free agents that aren't attached to anybody all the way up until September 2nd, just in case. That means somebody could technically like transfer, uh, cancel a contract mutually. And once that can't, contract is canceled they technically don't have a contract with anybody anymore and you could then bring them over and sign for the yellow galaxy if there was a way to do that so just keep that in mind as as things go out just in case you hear more rumors about crazy things uh that's sort of the bar you have to judge it against from here on out but la galaxy have 12 games left playing at sporting kansas city coming up on saturday again that is a 5 30 tv time 5 33 p.m kickoff time unamos tudn and of course twitter so uh, Miss Soph, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you and then we'll uh, get on out of here. All right. Uh, at Soccer Diva on the Twitter sphere and at Highbury Squad as well. And check out the YouTube channel. Hope everyone is having an epic summer. Be safe out there. Have fun and be good. Don't be too good. Awesome. Thank you, Soph. Always appreciate it. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Got an article about who's up there, about the Revelson trade and what that could possibly mean. So check it out, cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right. I think that about does it. LA Galaxy Sporting Kansas City this weekend at SKC. It's a big one. See if the Galaxy can get the win. For Miss Sophie, the canon Nicolau, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to our little Corner of the Galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.